Today's episode is bringing awareness to pregnancy and infancy loss. We will discuss graphic and detailed information. We realize this is a very sensitive topic. We ask that if you find this topic to be triggering, that you do not listen to this episode. If you do choose to listen and get triggered at any time, we ask that you exit the episode and enjoy one of our other episodes. Although this is a very sensitive topic, we want to bring awareness and share our guest story. We hope that through her experience, our audience can become more aware and informed. We also want any moms that have experienced this type of loss to know that you are not alone. As always, we appreciate you listening, but if you feel like this content will be triggering, we ask that you exit and enjoy one of our other episodes. Thank you. Hey guys, welcome to Somebody's Mama podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. We are your hosts, Kendra and Nicole. And thank you guys for joining us this week. Uh, We're going to jump right in because we have a really exciting episode today. So we're just going to start off with our weekends. Nicole, how was your weekend? My weekend was really good. Um, On Saturday, I did the pop-up for my store. And so I received the best compliment ever at my Uh pop-up. Let me share that real quick. Um, So a girl comes to my little pop-up and she's looking around. She finds a couple things that she likes, but she's like, okay, I already have plans to go to H&M and Zara. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to put your little pop-up to the side. I'm going to go look, Uh right? Uh (laughs) And I was like, okay, girl, do you, whatever. And she goes and she comes back and she was like, girl, you might as well have a store because they didn't have nothing up in there. (laughs) Right. And I was like, you just made my day. You have no clue. Is it H&M? Yeah. I was like, this up? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, so um, that was such a, like, cool moment for someone to feel like they went to the, such huge retailers and didn't find anything they liked and then came back and she just, like, she was spending, she was planning to spend so much money at Zara and H&M, so she came and just had a good time. And I was like, yeah, girl, shocked. Perfect. And then it's going to be all the same type of stuff that everybody else has. Yeah. Like your stuff has, you know, you have different stuff. So yeah. And then Sunday I was like, you know what? The kids they're into Halloween. I'm just going to let them go pick up a couple things, you know, like I'm not into Halloween. Like to decorate. Yeah. Okay. Like some spider webs for the outside. Mm -hmm. Really, that's all I was looking for was spider webs and a few spiders. Because, <laughs> like, last week's episode, you know, I don't care about Halloween. Uh-huh. So, I went to, first, you know, I was like, you know, I'm just going to go to the dollar store. Yeah. It, it wasn't there. Completely uh-huh. empty. Oh, because they start early, though. They started putting stuff out in September. Yeah, so it was all gone. 99 cent store, all gone. Mm -hmm. uh costco all gone target all gone oh no (laughs) and so we just ended up buying some toys they forgot all about it huh (laughs) yeah they forgot all about it but i was like maybe at least get them some spiders i mean not some spiders some some spider webs you know yeah because I always like that at least if I do it like that little part you know but then you gotta clean it up you know I don't know 
Yeah, no, thank you. I'm gonna ask my mom group. Does you know how sometimes you buy too much spider webs? So you buy two packs and you only need one. So you think they have extra? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, somebody's mama got extra. Right, right. You could ask one of your neighbors. Yeah, so I might just ask uh, my community moms, or um, I'm gonna check the grocery store. Yeah, or Amazon. It'll be there tomorrow. Oh yeah. Huh? Yeah. Wow, you know, people talk so much bad stuff on Amazon, so I I try to do them last. Mm, I'm guilty. I do them first. This is so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. I know. I know. <laughs> huh? What else did you do this weekend? What? I said, what else did you do this weekend? Oh, girl, nothing else. I go to Costco once a year. Uh-huh. What? Yeah, because I can't stand it in there. Oh, my God. So this was, I did my yearly once a year Costco and it's always when my husband's about to renew the pass. So mm -hmm. um, I always happen to go on that day. It's so annoying. So, um, but it wasn't that bad. This time it actually wasn't that bad. There wasn't a lot of people in there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I could do it again just because it didn't feel super packed. Like I didn't feel like I was going to get ran over. I could yeah. turn. Yeah. Yeah. I like Sam's Club. I feel like Sam's Club is a little less chaotic. It, well, especially out here where we are. Yeah. I can't stand that Costco. You can't find where to park. It's so many yeah. people all the time. I feel like yeah. Sam's Club is a little more like Target vibes. Like, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Even though it's Walmart, I feel like our Sam's Club at least is like more calm. It's easy to get in, get out. They have the little, um, scan and go app so you don't have to stand in line oh you go in you buy your stuff scan it on your phone and walk out the door what yes it's amazing so going to get you a sam's club membership yeah well we have one because yeah honey go to sam's club save yourself the hassle okay because okay, i'm gonna do that because my husband really he loves costco and then you know once you go i've watched also i've watched all these youtube videos on cost on costco so once you go then the kids have to have pizza so now we eat yeah. pizza for like two days yeah Okay, so I'll jump into my weekend. Yes. So, um, Friday. Wait, hold on. Okay. Hold on. What? <laughs> Wait, where's your music? Kendra's Lit Weekend. Oh my God. <laughs> Kendra's Week. Kendra's Lit Weekend. Here we go. Oh my gosh. Okay, so oh, you just cut me up. Yeah, I did do something. <laughs> um, so this weekend on Friday, my son actually had like a, um, they call it a student free day back in the day. They used to call it like a pupil free day where the teachers had to go to school, but the kids didn't. Mm -hmm. So he was out of school. So we decided it would be the perfect day to go to the pumpkin patch um, and not have to go like on a Saturday. Right. So we went to a pumpkin patch. It was actually really nice. If you guys um, were tuned in on our Instagram quick little plug make sure you guys are following us on instagram at somebody's mama pod um you guys were able to see um a little day in the life i took you guys along with me as we went to the pumpkin patch and it was a really nice pumpkin patch like they had um horseback riding my son didn't want to do that um <laughs> they had a maze they have um tractor ride where they take you around the farm they what? had um, little kid tractors that they could ride around the hay. 
they had um like little swings and stuff like the tire swings yeah they had like kind of like carnival type games where you had to like spray the little duck and they had a jumper a corn maze they had a lot of stuff it's free it was free to go in free to park you just pay like buy tickets to do all the activities and they were like four or five dollars so it was really fun and then they also had pumpkins so we could purchase our pumpkins and stuff like that um so we did that for a few hours because it was really hot on friday for some reason but um yeah so we did that for a few hours and then um that night we actually did like um a family hangout where a couple of um my mom friends we were like when we went out a couple weeks ago uh, we were talking about getting like the families together because the kids haven't seen each other in a while the husbands whatever and so you guys come to my house and we all live in the same area so we just like ordered pizza for the kids had um my friend's husband like put burgers on the grill and the kids just played and had a ball and we were able to have adult talk and we had like our little um we do like these couple card games so uh, like ask questions and stuff like that so (laughs) so it was really fun um just to like have some adult time quick little hack if you want to have some adult time but you don't have a babysitter like just all go to somebody's house (laughs) kids can all play and adults can play okay yeah and and we live super close so it was just nice we probably didn't leave there till like 11 o'clock the kids was falling asleep like you know um so that was really fun and then what's funny is my mom she actually texted me on friday and was like hey do you need a break it's just she lovely (laughs) (laughs) that's real love right there okay it's like hey do you need a break um you could drop the kids off and i'm like dang they actually have plans today but let me holler at you tomorrow so what i did was (laughs) um saturday i had to go help a friend with some content for instagram and then when i came back we dropped the kids off and me and my husband went on a little day date Oh, I love a day day. Yeah. So we just went up the road to um there's not many like really good restaurants out this way, but we didn't want to go too far. So um we just went to our, you know, little spot and had some food and just hung out, went shopping and like just spent time with each other because you know, like when you have kids and you just like going, 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 or, like, going to do activities and stuff, you're like, dang, when's the last time we had, like, just time for just the two of us, you know? Right. So, that was fun. And then Sunday, I did absolutely nothing. It was the yeah, just relax. Yeah, just relax. You know, in my mommy group chat, they're talking about these pumpkin patches is charging an arm and a leg. So, I'm glad yours wasn't crazy because somebody was talking about in our community um mom facebook talking about some of them are charging you at the door yeah so we usually go to tanaka farms and tanaka farms they charge like per person i think it's like five or six dollars but they do charge to get in and then you also have to buy tickets for some of the um activities but i think i don't know if the hayride is included or not but yeah, so Tanaka Farms, they're definitely charging. I don't think they charge for parking, but my friend did send me another one that was like um, $40. But with the $40, you get like the tickets to do all the activities and stuff. But I was like, $40, oh. like, that's a lot. Yeah. 
for a pumpkin patch. So somebody was like, somebody was like, uh, I spent the same amount of money as I would go to Disneyland. I might as well have just got a Disneyland pass. Dang, yeah, that's well, especially because the kids are gonna want popcorn and like yeah. whatever other snacks and stuff they have. So child, you better go to okay. So if you live in the Inland Empire, you can go to it's called the Green Spot Farm. I'm gonna look that up. It's near San Bernardino. So it's a little bit far out, but it's free parking, free entry. Um, yeah, and it was fun. So I don't know, it's probably crowded on the weekend. So if you can go during the week or go early, mm. that's probably your best bet. Um, but yeah, it was a nice little weekend. But yeah, so we're gonna jump into um this episode and it's a special episode um this month is october so if you guys are unaware you kind of probably heard in the beginning of the episode um october is pregnancy and infant loss awareness month and so this month we remember and honor parents who have experienced miscarriages or loss and we remember them and honor them um, by increasing visibility of the heartbreaking experiences that are more common than we talk about, you know, these right. is not, um, the statistics are not too far off. So I know uh, personally, I know a lot of people who have went through this. And so it's something that we don't really discuss too often, but that's why I'm glad that they have this month to bring awareness, to share stories, um, to inform people on how we can better support the people in our lives who are going through this and who have went through this. Um, and you can do that by honoring the grieving families, especially those who have lost children who are no, no longer with us. This is something that they suffer through daily. But on this month, we bring in awareness, we highlight it, and to make sure that the people in our lives feel supported and we can learn and be more aware. And right. in order to do that, we have a special guest, our very first guest on Somebody's Mama podcast. I'm so excited um, to introduce her. Um, she is a dear friend of mine. And I just want to welcome Miss Alicia Moore. She is a wife, a mother, and a content creator. And we just want to welcome welcome her to the podcast. Hey, girl. Yes, welcome. Welcome. Hey Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. We're so, 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 so happy to have you. Honestly, we know that this is a sensitive topic and it really means a lot to us that, you know, you're willing to come in this safe space and be vulnerable and be open and talk about your journey. So first and foremost, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for being strong and uh, willing to share your story. It really does mean a lot to us and we don't take it lightly. It's, yeah. it's super important that it gets, you know, these stories are shared you know, on anybody's platform, because a lot of times, well, in the past, it's kind of been like a shameful thing. Mm -hmm. So that you guys are bringing awareness is really cool. So I appreciate it. I'm open. I'm an open book. I'm ready, y'all. Yes. yes. Happy to have her. That's another reason why we invited her on the podcast, because, you know, we don't want um, 
to have to shy away, want to be able to talk about as much as we can. And because someone else shares your story and for you to get on here, it takes a lot of courage. So we're super appreciative and we're going to jump in because we have so much to talk about. Um, but we're going to bring you into the Somebody's Mama podcast culture, okay? Yes. She is Somebody's Mama. Hello. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something that we like to do in the podcast is talk about our mama moments. And these can be funny things that have happened throughout the week. Things where we realize like, oh my gosh, I'm Somebody's Mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or any moment that you encounter with your child so we're going to invite miss alicia also known as nikki so if i call her nikki yeah. just know we're friends okay her friends call her nikki okay <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna start off with our mama moments nicole do you want to go first yeah i'll go first because i'm hot right now i'm real mad okay 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 your kids your kids be kidding so <laughs> <laughs> You know that episode is gonna happen, kids. Yes. Get it, okay? <laughs> Listen, my six-month-old has started that process of where she's going from uh, baby talk to you know that first word is coming, right? Uh-huh. She's six months. Oh my god! And pandemic babies. I know, for real. Yeah. So, so uh, she the the uh, the other day did a little like. you know Uh and so my kids and my husband took it upon themselves to go into full force dada moment (laughs) she's trying to say dada dada all right it's dada and i'm like it's mama (laughs) right okay (laughs) it's mama so now i'm having to work overtime because it's three verse one. Yeah. That it's mama. 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 <laughs> mama. And y'all like. She's like, the, the, I'm like, girl. Mm, 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 mama. <laughs> did I'm get, hot. Did she get either one out first or yet? Well, she sounds like she says dada, but. Mm-hmm. You know, she been with me all the time. How are you gonna say better? Girl, it always happens like that. Mm-hmm. It always happens like that. I feel like Bryson said mama first, but then he just stopped and started saying dada all the time. <laughs> so maybe it was me wishing he said it first. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I know my second said wawa first. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was water, wawa, or something <laughs> like that. Water. <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah. That's my mama moment. What about you guys? Um, I'll share mine really quick. Um, so just so in case Nikki still needs time to think. Yes. <laughs> and I don't forget, okay? Okay. Um, yes. So, oh my gosh, you guys. A little tear. Today, my son got his first book fair worksheet, right? A little booklet. And I was like... <laughs> Is it really that time? I know it's so dramatic, but I remember when I was in elementary school and I got the little um, scholastic book fair little uh, booklet thing and picking out what I want. And he's so excited. He's like, oh, I want this one. I'm like, put a circle around what you want. I'm like, (laughs) 
mind, it's like, this wasn't me not too long ago. And here I am with my child. And we going to the book fair. Like, oh my God. Right. With him being in school now, it's like all these moments where I'm like, I'm really somebody's mama. Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm sitting in the pickup line, picking up my kid, and he's running Mm -hmm. to me after school. Like, this is still kind of weird for me. So, yeah, I had one of those I'm somebody's mama moments when he brought home the the book, the Scholastic Book Fair thing. And I'm just like, oh, my God. You're like, oh. Yeah, so it's happening, but I'm excited. He's excited, so we're going to go to the book fair together tomorrow. Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute, though. That's It's one of those moments. It's like sometimes you have milestones that you don't realize are going to be milestones, right? I didn't realize I was going to be that affected by a a book, a little worksheet or booklet thing, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. it just kind of caught me off guard, but yeah. Nikki, how about you? Well, for me, one, Nicole, I totally feel you about the dad-dad-mama thing because my daughter (laughs) was doing that about a couple months ago, talking about dad-dad-dad-dad, and I'm like, she must think my name is dad-dad because I don't know why she's saying that. Exactly. (laughs) Why are you saying that? Yeah. She must be confused. Uh, But my mama moment is, so this past week, well, I'm somebody's stepmama too, so let me mention that. So mine is kind of like a double thing, like mama and stepmama. Yeah. Uh, last week, my stepkids were out of school for fall break. Apparently now kids have fall break. What? So yeah, they're high. They're both in high school. They have fall break. I'm like, like a week long or what? A whole week. A whole week. And oh they still God. get Thanksgiving break too. So I don't know what the schools are doing these days, but they were on fall break. And so my stepdaughter last week on Friday, when I was picking them up, she asked, she was like, um, can I watch Alea next week while, while I'm off? And I was like, you, you actually want to watch her? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I want to watch her. And I was like, are you sure? Cause last time you watched her, you, it didn't go so well. Are you sure? <laughs> she was like, I'm positive. So last week, the whole week, um, she watched Alea from the time me and Kevin got up and went to work to the time we got home, and she did such a great job. Alea did a great job. Like, Alea was enjoying spending time with her sister, and it was just, like, so cute to, like, call her on FaceTime in the middle of the day and, like, see Alea, like, sleeping on her chest or, you know, just little cute moments. Oh, oh my God. That's so cute. So it was just like a, a double like mama moment for me where I'm like, oh my God, my stepdaughter is growing up into a sweet young lady. And then my baby is like, why is she laying on her chest? Like that's her mama. She should be laying on my chest. So it was, a double, <laughs> it was a double thing, but it was beautiful. It was a beautiful week last week. Plus I didn't have to wake up at five in the morning. So yes, she's right there at home when I get there. She got a big sister. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Love that. Thank you for participating in our mama moments. Yes. (laughs) Um, And so now we're going to move into today's topic. And um, like I mentioned before, um, Alicia is here to discuss this topic with us and help us bring awareness. And she's going to share her story and her experience. But Nikki, we just want to start off with, just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your background, what you do. Okay. So um, like Kendra said, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, 
Um, so my baby is seven months old. She just made seven months on October 13th. So the time is super flying by. Um, and I'm also a stepmother to a 15 and 17 year old. Um, me and my husband, we have been married for about three and a half years, but we've known each other for like ever for like 12 years. We're like super best friends. So that makes everything all the more better. Yeah. Um, and I am a, on my Instagram, what do I call it? I'm a hopeful influencer. So, you know, I try to post content regularly, but this influencer life is much harder than I ever thought. It's, sure. it's not easy work. It's, yeah. You have to put the work in. Yeah. So outside of that, I also work full time. I'm a compliance manager at a cultivation company. So I got a lot on my plate. I'll be busy. I'll be momming. I'll be stepmomming and I'll be wifing. So, yes. <laughs> it's <a lot. laughs> okay. It's a whole lot. Girl. Yes. We, so. were, um, <laughs> we were just talking about Jaleesia today, the influencer, the mom influencer. Oh, yes. yes. Like, she how did she do it? And she started a, a little boutique or something, right? Yeah, I saw it today. I was like, girl, girl, you are doing it. I'm about to shop at her boutique because she be dressed and cute. Yeah, she really do. She and really she, do. like represents for the thick girl. So I'm okay, like, that's what I was about to say. Her body type is like, you know, yeah. um, something we can relate to. Okay, right, for sure. <laughs> right. I love it. She looks. And her cool. little daughter is so cute. I know. I love yeah. her family. Like, no, they look. They have like such the perfect Instagram life. Yeah, she Instagram. does a really good job. I know them personally, but on Instagram, it looks beautiful. <laughs> Amen to that. Right, right. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Alicia, I was wondering, um, how did your motherhood journey start? Like, did you always know that you wanted to be a mom or was that always in the plans? <clears throat> well, yes, for me, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. Um, well, let me backtrack a little bit. I knew once I married Kevin that I wanted to be a mom. Like before that, you know, I kind of like, I, I felt like I wanted to be a mother, but just because that's the norm, right? Like once you get to a certain age, you should be having kids, you should be married, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I wasn't quite there yet until me and Kevin got together. And then I was like, oh yeah, I definitely want to have kids. I definitely want to get married. And so for us, um, we got married in 2018 and we kind of started trying like right away. So, um, you know, when you say trying, I'm, I don't want to be too... It's okay, <laughs> girl. We all grow. But we were just, like, not using any type of protection or not and doing anything to stop it from happening. Right. But we got serious, I want to say, in, like, maybe, like, July, August, we started getting, like, really serious about trying. Like, we got to make sure we're doing stuff at a certain time and all this other stuff. And I got pregnant, like, pretty much, like, within, like, three months of actually trying mm -hmm. so that was like the beginning of our journey like you know both of us kind of being like okay we married now so let's go on and do this let's go on and make a baby yeah. so you know we enjoyed ourselves trying to make the baby but you know <laughs> you're like okay now we got to get the job done right <laughs> like i said after all we we're like okay now we got to actually like put thought into it like let's right. let's plan some things so uh -huh. yeah but yeah that's how it started mm -hmm. so you want me to just jump right into like yeah, jump right into you know okay. how did that pregnancy go and <clears throat> yeah so that pregnancy 
I found out I was pregnant in like October, sometime in October. And so um, I remember Kevin was actually the one that was like, I think you should take a pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nah, babe, like, I'm not pregnant yet. Like, I don't want to. He was like, no, I think you should. And so I took the test and lo and behold, I came up pregnant. And so we were both like excited, but nervous because, you know, when you get pregnant, like your life is changing and you don't even think about all the changes that are going to happen until like you actually see that positive sign like, oh, okay it's really about to go down. So me, I'm kind of naturally a worry wart, so to speak. I'm trying to get out of that. So pray for me, y'all. But I'm kind of naturally, I automatically start to think of like the worst case that can happen. And so immediately once I found out I was pregnant, I was like, okay, like I got to make sure that I'm prepared for the worst, but expecting the best. That's kind of how I try to keep my thought process and um so like we went to our first appointment let me remind prior to our first appointment there was one day where I was at home and I was getting ready for work and as I was getting ready for work um I was talking to Kevin on the phone because he was already on his way to work and I started like bleeding and so I told Kevin like um babe something is wrong I think you should come back home and we should go to the emergency room. And he was like, all right, I'm on my way back home. Mm -hmm. So we went to the emergency room and they did all the tests. They checked, they did a um, ultrasound. The heartbeat was still there. Everything was still fine. So what happened was I had a, um, basically a hemorrhage. It's called a subchorionic hemorrhage, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor, so don't quote me on the terms, but it was a hemorrhage. And they say like, sometimes this happens, especially like within the first trimester of pregnancy, you're fine, the baby's fine. But over the next couple of weeks, like, you know, monitor it and then we'll go from there. Yeah. And at that time I was probably about six weeks pregnant. So we go on, everything's still kind of like you know, I'm still kind of nervous. I'm still having spotting here and there, which again, they say is normal in the first trimester of pregnancy. So it's nothing to be overly concerned about. So by this time it's November, we're celebrating the holidays. Um, We're celebrating Thanksgiving. We go have Thanksgiving with my family Thursday. Um, By that Monday, I had another appointment scheduled and this was my nine week appointment. Mm -hmm. And so Kevin uh, came with me to this appointment and we were both concerned because like I said, I had still been spotting and we get to the appointment, they do the ultrasound and the doctor, um, she's like, I'm not seeing a heartbeat. And so for me, once that happened, I immediately knew because the appointment prior to that, which was my seven week appointment, like the heartbeat was loud and it was strong. And so I was like, you know, once I went to that second appointment and she, I didn't hear anything, I knew automatically, excuse me, Kevin was a little bit more like optimistic, like maybe, you know, maybe baby need to go somewhere else and get a second opinion. Uh The doctor brought somebody else in the room. Same thing. Like I'm not seeing a heartbeat. So she actually referred me to like the ultrasound technician place where it's like, that's what they do is all ultrasounds. Yeah. I went there And the girl who did my ultrasound, she's like, I'm sorry, honey. Like, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but there's no heartbeat. She's like, I'm not a doctor. So legally, I'm not supposed to say anything, but I'm not seeing a heartbeat. And I was like, I was like, I I already knew. 
And so she's like, I'm like, so what can I expect now? I'm like, oh, actually, I didn't ask her. <clears throat> she gave the information to my doctor. And also, as she was doing the ultrasound, this is something to note, too. Um, she saw a lot of fibroids. Mm. and so this is something again that's common especially in the black community so yeah. ladies if you listen in you know check yourself out get if you have like heavy periods or whatever I don't want to start preaching a fibroids message but that's good it, talk about it because yeah because yeah. it's something that we as black women you don't know it's a problem until it's a problem you know what I'm right. saying like so for me once she said that she's like you have like a huge one one that's at least the size of a grapefruit and I was like, oh, and I kind of asked the lady, I knew I wasn't supposed to, I was like, do you think that had anything to do with the miscarriage? And she's like, I don't know. I can't tell you that. Yeah. So later on that night, the doctor called me and she's like, I'm sorry to tell you, like it, you actually are in the midst of having a miscarriage. Um, just kind of be aware over the next couple of days, you'll start cramping a lot and you'll kind of expel the, the fetus naturally. And so I was like, oh, like, I do not want to, deal with that like yeah. I just didn't want to so probably it, it seemed like immediately after I got off the phone with the doctor I started cramping it's right. like as soon as my body was given permission to yeah. do that immediately I started cramping I started um bleeding like I was having a menstrual cycle mm -hmm. and so that night like my family came over and they just kind of sat with me and we watched tv and stuff and the next morning I was getting ready for work like I was like I mean it's no sense in me sitting at home being depressed like I'm gonna go to work wow. and as I was getting ready for work I felt like a, a, a really strong cramp and I felt like something come out and so I ran to the bathroom and used the restroom and then I called Kevin Kevin was upstairs and I was like babe you gotta you got to come downstairs and I don't want to see, I don't want to look at this. I don't know what it is, but I don't want to. And so he came downstairs and he was like, I think that was it. And I was like, you know, we just had our moment and I just, you know, cried and cried. And, and he was like, are you sure you want to go to work? And I was like, at this point, I'm already dressed. I'm just going to go. Mm -hmm. I went to work and then I just I couldn't hang so I came home and I just okay. stayed at home for like a week mm -hmm. and it was really difficult because you know regardless if you're 39 weeks pregnant or nine weeks pregnant the moment you find out that you're having a baby it's a human it's yeah. a human year. Yeah. so when you have a miscarriage it's, you're experiencing a death yeah. so for me yeah. like for that week I just was in and out of like crying and just so emotional. I think that week, uh, Kendra, you and Robin and Shamika came over and y'all like brought alcohol and we like <laughs> ate some good food and drank and just kind of, you know, talked about nothing, just yeah. something to get my mind off of it. Yeah. So that really helped. Um, and then also like something that was really difficult during that particular miscarriage is that my best friend found out she was pregnant a week after I found out I was pregnant. Yeah. Oh. So she called me a week after I found out I was pregnant. She was like, girl, we pregnant at the same time. And you know, it's super exciting. Also, I found out my niece was pregnant. So she was due like two weeks after me. So it was like all these things happening at the same time or like I lost my baby and now I still 
not that I have to celebrate these other two pregnancies, but in your heart, you do still feel genuinely happy for those people, the people that you love, when people that you love are celebrating life milestones, you're automatically like, yes, I'm happy for you. So it was like a constant, like, push and pull of emotions. Like, it was super, it was confusing. Then it was the holidays. So it was just a lot of like everything back to back to back to back, where I'm like going to Christmas parties, seeing other people pregnant and seeing people do Christmas photos with their babies and stuff like that. So it was a it was a dark time, but also like during that time, I still felt hopeful because my doctor did say like, you know, you could, you could start trying right away. Immediately, you guys could start trying. Wow. And I'll ask her about the fibroids. Like, do you think that that will have an effect the next time I get pregnant? She's like, no, no, it should be fine. And I was like, okay, you trust your word that your the words that your doctor says, like they're the professional. So right. I'm like, all right, cool. So the doctor said like the, the fibroids shouldn't hinder me getting pregnant again, nor should it hinder like the pregnancy in itself. Mm-hmm. So we started trying like immediately right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we got pregnant pretty fast, like December, probably the end of December, we started trying again and I found out I was pregnant in February. So mm-hmm. yeah. So like, you know, pretty quick. So this pregnancy, again, I was super nervous, you know, um, partially because I was just still traumatized from the previous experience. And then just in general, like when in those first early weeks of pregnancy, you're usually more careful, more, you know, you just hoping for the best. Right. So, and with me, obviously it's like times 10. So just went through that. So you had to kind of brace yourself right exactly so um you know I go through the first couple weeks of pregnancy I'm kind of like noting milestones now like I went through my nine-week appointment the doctor said everything's fine the heartbeat is strong um I went through my and my mom she would come with me to my appointments and she was asking like the tough questions she was like doctor so she had fibroids (laughs) And the, and we need to know what you're going to do to protect her from, da, 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 and you know, right. my mom, she was a soldier. So yes. the doctor would be like, oh, ma'am, like, uh, monitoring. Yeah. And they're like, all we could do is monitor and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I kind of just went on about the pregnancy as normal. Like everything was good because they told me everything was good. Mm-hmm. So probably around maybe like the 12 week mark, I had the hemorrhage situation happen again. And so immediately I'm like, oh God, please, you know, not, not again. Yeah. And I went to the emergency room and they said, everything is fine. Um, the heartbeat is strong. You know, the baby looks good. You're good. And I was like, okay, like I'm trusting you guys. Like this is something I want to hear. Great. Right. And so you know, I went to a couple more. I think my mom and I went to like a like an ultrasound place and they did an ultrasound and they, you know, there's a video that I have in my phone of like they're, them doing the ultrasound and my mom's in the back. I'm like, oh, hi, baby. Hi, baby. Like super excited. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know how grandmas be. So, you know, we were just, you know, excited, like ready for, you know, everything that came along with that pregnancy. 
-hmm. So about, I want to say 16, I I was exactly 16 weeks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after the 12 week mark, you think like, okay, I'm good. I'm safe. That's kind of like the general safety mark, right? Like where you feel like, okay, you could breathe easy a little bit. And so after 12 weeks, I'm like, good, I'm golden. Like I'm starting to get a little pouch. I'm like, oh, look at my little belly showing. And so the 16 week mark came and I was driving home from work and I felt like this pain in my side. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just felt like a, you know, like when you eat and then you like run or something and you get like that cramp, that that type of cramp. It felt Mm -hmm. like that. So I kind of didn't think really anything of it. I'm like, okay, it's nothing like I'll be fine. But by the time I got home, like it had gotten so severe that when I got out of the car, it was hard for me to stand up straight all the way. Mm. And so I remember that because I remember thinking like, dang, like how can a cramp get me like, you know, bowled over like this? This is weird. So I kind of just, I came home and I just laid down and I told Kevin, like, I'm not cooking dinner tonight. Like I'm in pain. So Mm -hmm. just leave me alone. So he was like, all right, cool. So the next day, my niece was having her baby shower. Mm -hmm. And so again, remember I told you my niece found out she was pregnant on my last pregnancy and so did my best friend. So the second pregnancy around, this is when they're doing like the baby shower stuff and all of those things. So I went to her, before I went to the baby shower, Kevin was like, you should stay home. Like you're in a lot of pain. And I'll emphasize the pain because I was in so much pain like that night I had a really hard time sleeping yeah oh my goodness yeah so but I'm like one of those people that's like I have to be there for my family like I have to go if I don't go she's gonna be crushed and he's like she don't care like she'll (laughs) care but she'll understand like it's not the end of the world but I'm like no I have to Mm -hmm. so I go to the baby shower and the whole time at the baby shower I'm just like laying on the couch and kind of like in pain I I couldn't help do anything which I was fine with that I didn't want to help (laughs) but you know I was just like in a lot of pain and people were like oh you're pregnant too so that was kind of like the event where like some of our family members who didn't know I was pregnant learned that I was pregnant and they're like oh my god all these babies and kind of like hyping it up and I'm like yeah yeah I'm pregnant blah 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 Mm -hmm. and so um I go home that night and again, I'm in so much, I'm in excruciating pain at this point. So we end up going to the emergency room because I'm like, still can't, can't um, stand up straight. And I'm laying in the bed. I can't get comfortable. I take Tylenol because you know, that's the only pain medicine you could take when you're pregnant. Not even touching the pain. So I go to the emergency room they do it they they do an ultrasound the heartbeat is strong the baby is fine and they they told me that they thought it was like maybe appendicitis or something mm-hmm. and they're like you just need to follow up with your doctor on monday and i'm like all right you know i'm trusting y'all i'm gonna go home and they gave me like tylenol with um what is it tylenol with codeine and i'm like can mm-hmm. i even take this like i'm pregnant they're like in this situation, the way that you're describing your pain, you need to take it because the pain level is causing you distress and your baby distress. So you need it. So I was like, all right, like I'll, I'll take it. So I think they, they said I could take two, but I took like one. Mm -hmm. And again, it didn't touch the pain at all. I've stayed awake all night. I hadn't slept. I didn't sleep. 
um, the next morning, like I, I got out of bed and came downstairs and like laid on the couch with my feet elevated. Like I was trying anything to alleviate the pain right. and nothing was working. Mm. So again, I had another night of just staying in the bed all night. Um, another day of staying in the bed all day. Um, that, that evening I kind of took a bath thinking like the warm water would help like soothe the pain and that didn't work. So I just got in the bed and I was like, I'm gonna just have to tough it out another night. Cause my doctor's appointment was the next day. Yeah. And so thinking like, I'll tough it out till I get to my doctor's appointment and then they can do like a thorough check. Mm-hmm. And probably about 11 o'clock that night, from probably like nine o'clock to 11 o'clock, I was, it, I wasn't in labor. So let me just describe it as that I was in active labor because mm-hmm. when you're 16 weeks pregnant, it's no longer considered just a miscarriage. It's called, it's an early preterm labor. Yeah. So though that whole time that I was in pain, I was in labor. Wow. Um, so I'm like having contractions, but me kind of just not knowing really what a contraction feels like, just thinking it's cramps. Yeah. So, right. I was in, I was in labor. I was having contractions. And so I was like, I couldn't be quiet. And I was like screaming and Kevin was like, babe, like at this point, I'm, I'm we're going to the hospital. Like, yeah. I, I don't care what you say we're going. And so he's like, you know, can you get out of the bed? Can you get up? And I couldn't move. I couldn't move at all. And yeah. so finally I kind of tried to like push myself up. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I did that, I felt like a gush of fluid. Mm. And so I was like, babe, I started panicking, like, oh my God, oh my God, like water came out. I don't know. Like, can you look? And so he pulled the covers back and he looked and it was liquid everywhere. And so he called, he called the paramedics and um, they, you know, asked him what's going on. And he's like, my wife is 16 weeks pregnant. And, you know, she just had like a gush of fluid where I'm not sure what it is. You know, I didn't, I, I wasn't trying to say my water broke because I wasn't sure, but my water had broken. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the paramedics come and they're like, ma'am, can you walk? Can you walk downstairs? I'm like, I cannot walk. I cannot move. So they had to like carry me downstairs. Mm-hmm. And so we went to the, to the hospital and as we're in the, the, the gurney took me, they took me out of the ambulance and they had me like in the hallway kind of like checking me in waiting and as we're waiting I was like I felt like an excruciating pain and I was like oh it's coming out I just started screaming it's coming out it's coming out Mm -hmm. and so um a nurse came and she ran over and she's like can you like open your legs for me and so she did I did and she's like oh like her poker face was non-existent she was like oh okay so she like put me in a room Mm-hmm. in a private room and they just started the whole process like they came in they're like asking me to push push because the baby is out at this point and they're trying to get the placenta out yeah. but the placenta was stuck so after that like literally um I was in that emergency room part of the hospital for probably from like midnight to like six in the morning and probably i should have started this whole thing with trigger warning because this whole story is like trigger trigger in the beginning okay yeah yeah so um that whole time the baby was out but still connected to me because the placenta didn't come out Mm 
So I'm literally sitting on a hospital bed. My husband is next to me and I just have like a blanket over. So, cause I didn't want to see it. Like the nurse asked like, do you want to see your baby? And I was like, that would have probably took my trauma to like a whole nother level. That's not for me. It's for some people, but it wasn't for me. You have to do what's best for you in those moments. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I was just sitting there the whole time. And so finally the doctor, they were trying to get in contact with the doctor to see if he would do a, a DNC, mm-hmm. um, which is like the procedure you get when you have a miscarriage, but, or like if you, um, basically it's like them going in and scooping out all of the stuff. Yeah. So he, he did the DNC and that didn't go well and for some reason what ended up happening i ended up having to be in the hospital for five days i had a blood transfusion um i was still in excruciating pain like the pain from the contractions and everything never went away so that's and they gave me the blood transfusion because i lost too much blood during the dnc Mm -hmm. but also i um that the pain shouldn't have been there. And when you get like a new replenishment of blood, sometimes it kind of helps subside the, the pain. Yeah. So they did that. Um, after five days, they let me go. So, but- the, in pain? When- I wasn't in as much pain. They, they had to make sure I was able to walk. So probably about day three, they were like, you're not gonna go home if you don't get out the bed and walk. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, let's do it. So I started like trying to walk little by little. Um, also, my I, my heart went into like a tachycardic state, which is like when your heartbeat is going too fast, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like the smallest thing would make my heart rate elevate. And so they've had to put me on the tachycardic unit, which in that unit, it was like a bunch of people who really had like heart conditions. And so during that time, I'm hearing like monitors go off in the middle of the night. Um, It it was so traumatizing. Like that experience was probably the worst experience. One of the worst experiences of my life. Like it was traumatizing. I was about to ask you, like, what is your mental state at this point with all this? Yeah. At this point, like, I'm just like hanging on by a thread. Yeah. I'm like on a daily, every day that I wake up in the hospital, I'm just like kind of delirious. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin would come every day to the hospital. My mom came for a couple days um, and they kind of just tried to keep my mind right. Like, oh, let's watch a movie. Oh, let's, you know, do this or whatever. But during the night when they weren't there, like that was the time when it was like mentally, like yeah. I was sharing a room with, she was like an older woman she had so many conditions going on. She would be hacking and coughing in the middle of the night and they would be coming in and checking on her and doing this. And then they come to me like, hey, like you seem a little bit young to be in this unit. Like what's going on with you? And then I would have to explain, you know what I'm saying? And so it was kind of, it was very traumatizing. Like I'm not going to name the hospital, but. Yeah. yeah, that was terrible. They shouldn't have put you in the room with anybody. Right. I don't. I don't understand how with the first miscarriage that the doctor was just like, oh yeah, go ahead and try again, like right away, you know? Right, yeah. Trying to see what's going on, what even caused without, it. Without, they didn't do any like follow-up work with me. They didn't do any like, 
oh, let's see if we can remove the fibroid or, yeah. you know, anything. And it, I have multiple fibroids. I still currently do have multiple fibroids. But the one that was the one that was affecting everything, it was a huge fibroid. And they didn't do any follow-up work. So it, it that definitely, so what, what I learned, what ended up happening was during that second pregnancy, um, fibroids grow because of blood supply. And right. when you're pregnant, as we all know, when you're pregnant, you have an infusion of blood because your baby, the baby is trying to grow. Right. So mm -hmm. what was happening is I was having that influx of blood supply and it was feeding the fibroid and feeding the baby. So the fibroid right. was growing, 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 growing. And what ended up happening is like my, my uterus just wasn't big enough for both. Yeah. So it ended up, I ended up having to, I didn't have to, but my body miscarried the baby or pushed the baby out because the fibroid was taking up so much space. Yeah. So that's what the, how the doctor kind of explained it to me at the end of my hospital stay when he was like going over everything. And at the end of the, like, I literally had to beg them to let me go home because it was, I was done. Like, yeah. You know, something that this automatically brings to mind to me is, you know, right now a big topic is about the care of black women because um, I too have a very large fibroid mm -hmm. and that was um, my doctor's main concern. Soon as we started, she was like, um, you're automatically high risk. You're going to see this high risk doctor every month and when we get closer you got to go there sometimes once a week mm -hmm. and as we got closer no it was like every two weeks and then once a week and she was like watching it like crazy right and so for me to hear this part of your story it's like like what right this like you said like black women's health is such the topic is so crazy because every there's so many stories that are the same. Yeah. Why aren't they the doctors being more proactive about learning right. and investigating? Why is it so prevalent? Like it's right. still not taken serious enough. It's yeah. oh, it's okay. It's not affecting anything right now. As long as it doesn't get as big as a house. Right. We need to remove it. We'll just see. Right. It it's like as long as it's not on the the very large side of the spectrum, then you're fine and everything's going to be okay. And it's like, no, that's not the case. Like, yeah, it it shouldn't matter what size it is. If you know it affected one pregnancy previously to that, or maybe it didn't, but you saw it during the ultrasound. Like that's something that should have been yeah. talked about at least before I got pregnant again. If it's even yeah. a possibility that it right. could disrupt or prevent me from being able to carry through with the pregnancy, let's get it out. Like, yeah, take it out. And the trip thing about it is, is the the next time that we ended up, we wanted to start trying. I, I dumped that whole medical team because yeah, the, the care was garbage. Like, there's no nicer way to put it. It was terrible. And I ended up going to another doctor and like, she, she literally sat down with me and was like, this is what your journey is going to look like once you decide to start trying again. And she kind of like laid it all out there for me. So that was like a, 
it kind of took like such a weight off of me before we even started trying that she was invested and was like, this is what we're going to do. Like, this is what the plan is. And if this doesn't work by this time, then we're going to come up with another plan. And that other plan might look like this, but we won't know until we get there. Like she was thorough and she was excellent. Like 100% excellent. But you know what I think it is too, is like, especially with the first pregnancy, you don't know what you don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like with the first pregnancy, you don't know what you don't know. You, the, any hints of anything you, you don't know, you know? And it's like, only when you go through that experience, can you even know the warning signs or you even unless you have a thorough doctor, you know, and it's time to even go to the hospital because what's so crazy Nikki, is everything that you described is what I went through with Bryson. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only thing, the only difference is I was much further along. So when he came out, they were able to save him. Yeah. But literally the pain, and I had had a baby before, but mm-hmm. the pain was different. I thought it was just, like you said, regular cramps. I was having back labor and I didn't have back labor before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just hearing these stories is bringing more awareness and, and letting people know, like, if you are feeling these type of pains, just go to the hospital. Any right. type of pain. Yeah. Any type of pain. Because if I had, could have changed anything, I would have went right when I started feeling pain. But right. like you said, we just pushed through it. Yeah, we just push through it and kind of think like, oh, you know, everything's fine. And the other important thing about not only go to the hospital, but advocate for yourself. Like when they were telling me like, oh, this might be appendicitis, like I was like, "Mm, that doesn't sound right. But because I'm like, I'm not a medical professional. I can't tell the doctors what to do. I kind of second guess myself, but I knew, I knew it wasn't appendicitis. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to know what um test to ask for right exactly yeah you have to know what test to ask for you have to know like what the signs are Mm -hmm. so the fact that I was having like that excruciating pain and like now I know what contractions feels like you know what I'm saying so I would have been able to describe it as contractions as opposed to like just oh this really bad pain in my stomach you know what I'm saying so you have to know like I would say educate yourself yeah. because you have to be your own advocate because really there's no one else will be. Absolutely. So after, so after the five days you, you were able to walk and then you went home mm-hmm. and what was the next part of your journey? Like, what was that? What, what happened next? So what happened next? I went home and I told Kevin, I was, I was like, I don't want to try again. I was so defeated. I was so sad. I was depressed. Um, my best friend was having her baby shower shortly after I got out the, probably about a month after I got out the hospital. And I just, it was just hard. Like I, I really just felt defeated. Like I felt like my body wasn't doing what God designed it to do. And so when you have a thought like that, that really, messes with you mentally it's like god designed us as women to create life so Mm -hmm. the fact that two times now my body just didn't do it i was like something's wrong with me i'm broken i don't work and so i kind of was i just told kevin like i don't want to try again like 
I'm good. We we got the the older kids and they're great. So mm-hmm. let's just rock with that. And so he was like, no. He's like, I know what you really desire and you desire to have a kid. And I'm not going to let, just because you're in this season of feeling like upset and sad and depressed, I'm not going to let that be the end of our story. So Amen. After, right? Okay, go ahead, husband. <laughs> What's up, <laughs> <laughs> so after he's like, so after, you know, we, you kind of get through this and heal from this a little bit, like we'll talk about it again. And then let's see what you say. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, um, probably I want to say a couple months, it, it didn't take long for me to flip back to like, okay, I want to have a baby now. Let's yeah. like, let's try again. It didn't take long. And so a couple months later, I just let him know, like, I'm, I want to, first, I want to find out what's going on with these fibroids and what can be done. So, like I said, I went to a different, I dumped that medical team because at first they started trying to do tests and stuff. And like, literally, they were losing my test results. They were, it was like the worst medical care ever. Like, it was terrible. So, um, I I got another doctor. And so immediately, like I said, she was like, this is the plan. First, she, she did an ultrasound and she was like, you have a large fibroid right here. And first and foremost, we have to remove that. So she scheduled me for a a procedure to get that fibroid removed. Mm -hmm. And that was just kind of like an in and out procedure. And she, what happened is after I got that removed, I had to take this medication for three months. And I think it was like some type of steroid or something, mm-hmm. but I had to take that for three months to shrink the rest of the fibroids. Mm-hmm. So, and she was like, after the three months, once I give you the green light, you guys can start trying again. And wow. so I was like, great, like, That's give it to me. Amazing. Yeah, let's do it. So um, that happened. I had the procedure done. I took the medication for three months, right at the end of the three months, which I want to say was around maybe March, 2020. Mm-hmm. So we were able to start trying again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this is like a, another traumatic thing happened in my life during that time. Kendra, you know, my mom died in April, 2020. So right when I'm able to start trying to have a baby again, my mom dies. And then we got to fight through that, struggle through that, get through that. My sister found out she was pregnant, which my sister was the type who was like, I never want to have kids. Me and my husband are happy. We don't need kids. We already got, my husband got older kids, da, 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 da. So to, for, to hear that she was pregnant was kind of like another gut punch. Like, wow, like you weren't even trying. Like oh my you goodness. don't want kids and you got pregnant. Like, you know, and she was on birth control. I'm like, wow. like literally all the stars aligned for you to have a kid. Yeah. And so she told me later that she was scared to tell me because she was scared of what my reaction to her pregnancy would be. Right. So um, fast forward, my sister is well into her pregnancy, probably about six, seven months pregnant. And she tells me like, I'm going to start praying every day that you get pregnant by the end of July. And so I was like, 
at that point, again, I was kind of starting to feel discouraged again, feel, learning that my sister was pregnancy after the loss of my mother. I was kind of starting to feel discouraged. I started like my mind started playing tricks on me again. Like, you know, the only reason why you really wanted to have a kid is because your mom wanted you to have a kid so bad. So your mom's not here no more. Do you really want to have a kid? So I started like asking my, like my mind started doing things like that where, you know, it, it was just something that I had to, to really sit down with myself and figure out, is this really the desire of my heart or is it something that I was doing for my mom, for my dad, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? No, I want to have a kid. Like that's something that I do truly desire. Yeah. So my sister, she told me about the prayer. She started sending out like tech chain text messages with me my cousins and my nieces like father god in the name of jesus yes. gonna be pregnant by the end of July. our prayers are you know prophesying and professing the word and declaring and decreeing stuff over my life and lo and behold july 27th i want to say it was july 26th or 27th um kevin well again was like I think you should take a pregnancy test. <laughs> and I was like, why? <laughs> like, nothing is different. Like, and I should also mention, like, during that time, I, I wasn't having any menstrual cycles because of the surgery and the medication that I took. It kind of stops you from having a cycle for, a, you know, a period of time. So I was like, we don't even know, like, what, what is making you think this? He's like, well, because the other day you needed to take a nap. <laughs> He's like, you don't usually take naps. And I'm like, okay, uh -huh. fine. I'll take one, I guess. And so I took the pregnancy test and lo and behold, positive. And I'm yeah. like, let me take another one. Uh -huh. so I took like two more. I went immediately to Rite Aid and got like a double pack. <laughs> <laughs> took two more. I got the digital reader because I was like, That's I don't want Right. <laughs> Yeah, right. lines, two lines, one line. Yeah. What is it? I needed to be plain. I needed to say pregnant or not pregnant. And it, it came back positive. And so I was like, so we kind of just had a moment where we were like, okay, like here we go again. And so throughout that pregnancy, like the milestones that would happen, like we got through the nine week mark, which is when I had my first miscarriage. And we're like, I can breathe a little bit easier. We got through the 16 week mark. Ooh. I breathe a little bit easier. There was no hemorrhaging or anything during this pregnancy. Yeah. And we're like, oh, like we could breathe. So as the months, weeks, months went on, I think when we got to the 24 week or the 26 week mark is which, which is when they say like, if you have a baby prematurely, the survival rate is higher yeah. at that point. So I was like, okay, I'm at the point. Like if, if the baby comes, like God forbid, if, if the baby comes early, you know, it'll be able to survive. And we actually like held off on um, knowing the gender a little bit because, you know, we were still kind of apprehensive and everything. Yeah. So we um, found out it was a girl. So I think we found out probably like in late November, December. And we we're like, oh, now we know the gender. Like, you know, and mind you, this whole time we're in the middle of a pandemic. Nicole, right. you understand because you were pregnant in a pandemic. So, yes. So, you're dealing with all of that stuff too. Like, my doctor, every time I went to the doctor, he was like, please don't get COVID. Please don't get COVID. And I was like, I, I, I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm wearing my 
mask. I'm staying six feet away. I still, I was an essential worker, so I still had to go to work. So it was one of those things where I'm like, look, doc, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And he's like, just don't, don't get COVID. Don't. And I'm like, well, can you tell my job to let me work from home? Like, right. He's like, yeah, I can't do that, but be <laughs> safe. So, you know, I was getting through those milestones slowly, but surely. Um, and then I want to say when I got to the point where we were taking maternity photos and that was like December, mm -hmm. I at that point felt really like, like this is happening. Yeah. This yeah. is actually happening. And at that point, like I was feeling her move around. I was feeling all the kicks and the, you know, everything that happens when you're pregnant. And I'm like, wow, like at this point, my belly is like big and bulging. And I'm like, I prayed for this moment so much in the past. And like, now that it's here, it's, it's so surreal. Yeah. So, um, you know, we got through it and Alea was born on March 13, 2021. And yeah. she is like, literally just like the light of our life. She's so sweet and cute. She has so much personality already at seven months mm -hmm. and she giggles and laughs at the weirdest things like <laughs> she'll, she'll start laughing and then she'll look at me to see if I'm laughing like, like, it's funny to me is it funny to you so, <laughs> so you know like but the whole everything that happened to get to that point to get to where we are right now I'm like as traumatizing as it was as hard as it was as painful as it was um I I wouldn't have had her if I didn't go through all of that. So that's like the kind of, like they call it rainbow baby for a reason because it's the rainbow at the end of your storm, at the end of your dark place, at the end of, you know, whatever your trial or tribulation was, like that's the rainbow. Yes. And so like, she really is like a rainbow in all of our lives. She's, she's, she's perfect. Yeah. I don't know how y'all feel about your babies, but my baby. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, okay? Yes. How do you feel about like being somebody's mama? Like after all that you've been through, like she's finally here and you've been through so much. Like, and for the story, first of all, the story you just told us, your story is yeah. amazing. Like you yeah. have really come a really long way. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing that because that was a lot. Yeah, and, that's awesome. I didn't even know like the depth of what was I know I talked to you, but I didn't know in depth of what you really went through. Um so thank you so much for sharing that. But now that you're on the other side of this, how are you feeling? So I feel tired, y'all. Hey. <laughs> so that's the thing, like um nobody really tells you I, I mean I guess everybody tells you you're gonna be tired but nobody like but you just can't understand the levels because yes. there's levels to being tired oh, yeah. and so you go from like a level two tired really like oh I had a long day at work and I just want to come home and relax because I'm tired to oh I had a long day at work now I gotta come home and be a mom and breastfeed a baby and do this and do that and make sure that I drink enough water because if I don't I'm not gonna produce enough milk and then I gotta make sure that when she's crying that I'm available to every single second and moment of the day and <laughs> Even when your husband helps, the baby might still want you. So, you know, it's a lot. It's it's levels. It's levels. So my level of tiredness is like I would say like maybe at a seven, yeah. eight. 
I mean, I only have one small child. I can only imagine with, with y'all with multiples. So yeah, there's levels, but I honestly wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Like I said, she like, she makes me laugh so much. She like, we've started going to church. And so she's starting to do this thing at church where she claps when everybody's clapping. She loves to watch the dancers dance. So when the dancers are dancing, she's like, just like in awe like and so it's so cute to watch these little things come out where we're like oh my god like she really has a lot of personality so you know i wouldn't trade it for anything like every single thing that i went through it led me to this Mm -hmm. so being somebody's mama at this point i'm just you know on cloud nine honestly yeah question when you were going through everything did you feel supported in that moment? Like, or did you feel like there was, you could have been supported more? Like, do you feel like, how do you feel about that moment of actually going through everything? So with my first miscarriage, I felt, I mean, I felt supported throughout both, but just like I said, there's levels of tiredness, there's levels of support and there's certain things that you need at certain moments. And what happened with the first miscarriage um, you know, everybody kind of just rushed in to help. What can we do? How can we help? You know, and then after a couple weeks or so, it, it starts to fade, right? Because you've been through the event. Now people are kind of unsure, like, now I should just leave you alone. And so what ends up happening is you have this influx of support, and then you have this sudden drop of like, a text message here they're like hey i'm just checking in how are you yeah. and so it kind of feels like you get left hanging and the only person there which was the person you're going through it with which was your your significant other mm-hmm. and so you know i i definitely felt the support in the beginning initially and then it was kind of like a just a sudden drop um and then with the second with the second miscarriage because of the the how complex it was um the support was different it i think a lot of people a lot of my friends in particular because at that point all, most of my friends had kids um everybody was still getting pregnant at that point so people were very hesitant to like reach out like my best friend at the time she was 8 months pregnant and she was like she was communicating with my sister and she was telling my sister like hey I want to go see Nikki at the hospital. Do you think she'd want to see me? And my sister, instead of asking me, just told her, no, don't come. You know, you know, my Nikki is in a very fragile state. I don't, at this point, my sister told her, I don't even recognize my own sister because she's so dejected. She's so disconnected right now. Like I don't. And I told my best friend later, like you should have asked me because at that point I would have loved to see my best friend and to kind of just have a moment of us together, like just acknowledging what has happened, but still, because like I said, she was pregnant, but, and I was still very happy for her pregnancy. So I, you know, it was just something like, I wish she would have asked me and I wish that the support just looked, and I think it was, it wasn't anybody's fault. There, There wasn't any, thing that anybody did that was wrong Mm -hmm. but people were just kind of hesitant to reach out because of how complex it was it was difficult I think I think sorry I think that's important that you said that because 
a lot of times that is how people feel. They're nervous. Like, what do I say? Right. When is the right time to reach out? Am I going to, am I going to be like overwhelming them more by asking questions or like, you know, whatever, what question is too much, you know? Right. And mm-hmm. so I think that's important to note that, you know, every person deals with these situations differently. Right. Mm-hmm. So just reach out to whoever is going through it to see like how can I support you I feel like it's okay to ask like it's okay it's definitely okay to ask that yeah yeah and I think something people don't realize is that you know when you go through something that traumatic and you have to stay at the hospital you know visiting hours end and then you're in that room by yourself Mm -hmm. with your own thoughts you can't um you know, visiting hours are over, you're mm-hmm. on pain meds, and after a DNC, you have pain in your stomach as if you just had a C-section. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they force you to walk. Right. And so it's like, you know, I think people don't realize is that um, when you're there by yourself with your own thoughts, and now after that second time, I can just only imagine just how, you know, the, I can only imagine like in that moment, did you feel like you were still able to have a conversation with God? Do you, did you feel any words from God? Did you, or did you feel like he couldn't hear you or, you know, or were you just kind of like out of it? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think during those early days of the second miscarriage, I, so one thing, I'm a Christian, I believe in God. And one thing for me is growing up, my mom and the churches that I've been to have always said, like, sometimes you're going to get mad at God. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're like saying, I don't believe or whatever the case is, but sometimes things are going to happen in your life where you get mad at God. And so your communication changes with God. At one point it may be like, you know, God, thank you for this opportunity to bring a life forward into this world. And then the next moment it's just like, God, I don't understand why you did this. Yeah. I don't understand what your plan is for me. And so those were the things that I was going through during those times those especially those early days in the hospital not even the early days it was the later days like the day three four five where I was really losing it like why did you do this to me God like I don't understand I don't I don't get it I don't know why did I do something wrong is it some type of generational curse like and at that time like I couldn't even really pray there was really no prayer it was just like questions like why why is this happening And I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't pray. Um, And so it was during those times that like, I know I had people praying for me in those moments. Like, you know, in your your friend group and your family, who are the people who's going to pray? And I remember like, there have been so many times throughout my life in in my friendships, like there's been messages. We have like a group chat, Kendra. And there's been times where somebody will send something in a group chat, like, I need you to pray for this. And yeah. somebody will immediately send a prayer. Usually it's Amber. Yeah. <laughs> you can type out yeah. that prayer. And it'll yeah, be Amber so will whip out a prayer in a second. A text. Right? You'll be like, ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> right. 
So it's like during those times when I'll, I'll say like, you guys, I really need you to pray for me. And it was, that was more of what was happening where I would be like, just pray for me. Or like my sister would, my sister would just be like, I'm praying for you. Like I, I, I can't, my sister told me the pain that she felt when I had that second miscarriage, it hit her really badly. So she couldn't even imagine the pain that I was going through. So she was like, just going into prayer, just like, because it was hurtful to her so she was like praying on my behalf basically and so that's really what it what it was at that time and Mm -hmm. I don't think I got to a point again where I really could just like sit and start praying and talking to God again until I started um trying to look for what the issue was and how to fix it and that's when I was kind of like God like you got to you got to take me through this process because one, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. And I don't know why this has been happening. So you have to take me through this process because without you, I'm not going to be able to get through it type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So for those um, that are listening and want to learn how to support someone and that have dealt with the issues or are dealt with this experience or are currently dealing with this experience. Um, I feel like one thing you um, mentioned would be to reach out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be afraid, even if you're like, well, I don't know what to say, or um, I don't know what to do. You can always ask, like, right. how can I support you? Um, just call them and start praying if, if you know. Yeah. Um, send them something what are some other things nikki you think that people can do that just don't know what to do how can they better support their friends and family members who have experiences because just because they're not currently dealing with it it could have happened three four years ago would you say something that you still think about oh yeah for sure 100 percent of the time especially like i thought about it obviously when i had alaya i thought like man like this you know, I maybe wouldn't have had her if I had one of those other babies. I think about it on like the milestone days, like the, the birthdays, their birthdays, November 1st, it would have been my, the second baby that I lost. It would have been that birthday. It would have been their second birthday. Um, So it's like things like that, that are like, things that bring it back to your your memory Mm -hmm. and their, their triggers. So I think like, one thing is like give that person the opportunity to talk about it if they want to. Yeah. I think a lot of times um, because people feel people feel uncomfortable with sad situations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm the type of person like when I talk about stuff, when I talk about sad things, it, it's therapeutic for me. So it, it's kind of like a release. Mm-hmm. So if I have, if you have somebody who's going through something like that and if they feel comfortable enough with it like give them the space to share their what happened to them give them the space to talk about it um another thing I would say one thing that I've seen is um people how they acknowledge like those milestone days like the birthday um if you know like your friend your friend's baby would have been two on this day you could say like happy birthday to your your angel baby like stuff like that where it's like that person still feels like they are supported and that you know what they went through was 
it was a loss. It was a death. Yeah. And it, it's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to say like, I know today would have been your baby's second birthday. So, you know, happy birthday to your baby in heaven, you know, or you're in our thoughts today. And I get text messages like that too. Sometimes like I'll get random text messages like, oh, I saw this meme and it made me think of you and they'll send it to me and it'll be like a woman holding an angel baby. Like little things like that where it's like showing people that just because what I, what in my experience, I've experienced like a lot of death in my life, unfortunately. So in my experience, when you experience a loss, your world freezes in time and everybody else's world continues. So what ends up happening is you end up feeling left behind because everybody's just continued on with their life when you feel kind of frozen or stuck in that moment. So just over time, that acknowledgement of like, I know this thing happened to you and I want you to know, I still think about it and I still think about you. And I want you to know you're loved and you're supported. If you ever want to talk about it, you can talk about it with me, like provide a safe space for them. That's you know great. what I'm saying? Like, that's why I'm really grateful that you did reach out, even though I mentioned like, hey girl, you know. I, <laughs> I, I definitely took note of that because yeah. I like, that's perfect and powerful. And and I'm just, like I told you when I text you, like I'm so proud of you for even wanting yeah. to do this because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a very touchy topic that people right. don't talk about. But mm-hmm. we need to talk about it because you're blessing somebody right now who, yeah. what you're, what you went through or are currently going through it, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. And I like, that's my hope, like that this kind of touches somebody that went through something similar as I did or is going through it right now and that this, they hear this and they get a little bit of encouragement. Like one thing it does get easier. It not so much that it gets easier, but it's like carrying a weight around with you all the time the weight doesn't get lighter. You just get used to carrying it. Yeah. So you're able to maneuver with it easier. I'll yeah. say it like that. So, and there's going to be moments where it's, there's a trigger. Um, for me, it triggers are, you know, those important dates, other people's baby showers. Um, that was a big one for me. Like, I want to say you and Robin both got pregnant shortly after i had um one of my miscarriages and it was like i was like dang like right before yeah like i was like i don't know when is the right time to tell her yeah i i remember i texted you yeah i prayed about it first (laughs) right yeah because i was just like i i need to tell her because one she's my friend and two i don't want her to find out from somebody else and then be like why you you didn't tell me like And but it's things like that, like you know, people being considerate of like, I don't want you to find out, like, hey, I'm pregnant, and like, let me take this moment to acknowledge, like, something sad happened to you, something that you're still probably mourning, and I want to acknowledge that with you, but also express you, like, I'm, I'm expecting, and you're my friend, and I want you to know, and even when you did that, like, I remember being like, oh my, I'm so happy for you. Like, like it doesn't, for me, it didn't dull my happiness for anybody else, right. but it did also, it was also a trigger, like right. another person's pregnant, like, right. Lord help me. Cause 
you know, all these pregnancies are triggering, like, and then Robin, same thing. Shortly after that, she told me she was pregnant. And I'm like, girl, like, Lord have mercy. so happy for you. Like, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like, Hi. I know. so it was, you know, it's a Sorry. go ahead. I was just like, you know, if you don't want to come to the baby shower or don't feel comfortable right. or anything, like I wanted to make sure like I free you up too, because it's like, I don't want to be selfish and be like, you need to come my stuff. I don't care what you're going through. Like, no. Right. People, people are going through something as traumatic as that. Like we have to have compassion and understanding yeah. and yeah. know that they love you. But if something is triggering like that, we shouldn't force the people that we love into a situation that is going to cause yeah. them more heart hurt or 100% 100% because that's I mean I've heard stories of stuff like that happening where somebody had a miscarriage and then their friends like well you should have been there at my baby shower and and it's like your friend just went through something traumatic and side note if you have friends like that it's time to pray about those friendships okay okay (laughs) (laughs) called a toxic friendship but like I, I, I'm so thankful. I thank God that I have people in my life who were like that, who were like very considerate of like how I would feel about the situation. Because let's be honest, in that moment, you really don't have to say, hey girl, I'm pregnant. I just wanted to let you know before you found out through somebody else. Because you're excited. You know what I'm saying? Like you were excited for your pregnancy. My sister, when she got pregnant, was she wasn't excited, but that's another story. <laughs> she, she had shocked that's that's a better descriptor (laughs) she was shocked but you know like she had her moment of like how do I tell my sister this you know so it's like those things like you technically don't have to consider me at all but the fact that that you did that Robin did that my sister did like all these things like it really does help in the long run and you know after over time obviously like those things are going to start to fade off a little bit more. But for people who have lived those experiences, it's still very real. Like you never get, you never get over when you, there's a death in your family. You know what I'm saying? You never get over like when a, a, a sister, brother, mother, father, anybody dies in your family, you never over time. It never is just like, Oh, that happened. Right. And it's always like, something that is in your heart. And that's the same thing for someone who's experienced a miscarriage or uh, preterm labor, preterm, um, uh, any type of infancy loss. Like it's yeah. never just something where it's like, oh, that happened and it's over. Like it's always an ongoing process. Yes. And so I just encourage other people to keep that in mind. Yeah, that's good. And so grateful for um, this month to actually acknowledge and bring awareness because it's something that if it you know sometimes it's like if it didn't happen to you you don't really think about it as much mm-hmm. and so just to be able to highlight this and um you know give people some tips on how they can better engage and you know because sometimes when we don't know how to deal with something we just don't we right just don't deal with it we don't talk about it we act like it didn't happen and mm-hmm. Sometimes that can be worse because then people feel like, well, you just don't even care about me in my situation. So, um, you know, remembering and honoring um, those babies that were lost and the mothers and the fathers who are grieving um, is, is super important. So 
thank yeah. you so much for sharing all of this like thank you guys for having me because it's i know it was a lot but we want to take it all in and um mm-hmm. you know let's do the best that we can yeah, um, yeah, sure. do you have any final thoughts or advice for mothers who are currently or have dealt with um um and the, my final thoughts are like i said it does get to a point to where you're able to manage it better mm-hmm. and don't get discouraged i know that's easier said than done um mm-hmm. when i was going through it and people were telling me stuff like that i was like you don't even understand like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm here to tell you like even if you have your moments of being discouraged like don't let that feeling keep you from trying again mm-hmm. don't let that keep you from what you believe your journey is and then also um there are other if i was following this girl on instagram who she had had like six miscarriages oh, and wow. her and her husband were they were still you know trying and trying and trying mm-hmm. and somebody asked her like are you open to other methods and she was like not at this time but we may be in the future and so to me like that's important to keep an open mind about you know if if having a kid is something that you really really want there are other methods there's surrogacy there's adoption there's um other stuff i don't know but there's uh, there's other ways to have a, you know what i'm saying even though being pregnant is such a beautiful thing and it's something that it's a joy to experience like i for me if I hadn't been able to carry Alea to full term, I probably would have tried to explore another option. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't make you less of a woman. That doesn't make make any difference. Like you're gonna love your baby the same no matter what. So I just, my thing is just stay encouraged. Don't give up if it's something that you really truly desire. And you know, talk to people. If you, after my first miscarriage, I actually did, um, see a therapist because I felt like that was very important for me Mm -hmm. Um, and it's okay it's okay to talk to someone about it. it's okay to talk to a professional about what you're going through yeah Um, because sometimes they have a a insight that you may not have or they have um a way of looking at something that you just didn't consider Mm -hmm. so it's okay to do that and make sure you I mean if your friends or family are reaching out to you let them know how you need their support let them know how to show up in your life how to show up for you during this time if it's like i just want to talk about it Mm -hmm. you know if you're that friend or that family member like let's call them up and let them talk about it if they don't want to talk about nothing they want to act like it didn't happen let them do that and they'll end up talking about it in their time so you know i'm so glad that you guys are bringing awareness to this it's so 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 important and like I said, I said it before and I'll say it again. I feel honored that you guys um, asked me to do this. Yeah. This, is, this is, like I said, this is therapeutic for me. This is like, yeah. this is like a therapy session for me. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> session. <laughs> thank you yeah. so much, man. We're honored yeah. to have you um, share your story with us and our listeners. And um, we're just so excited for you. You have your baby girl here and she is adorable. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you so, so, so much. It really means a lot to us and to be so vulnerable and open, it takes a lot of courage. And like, um, 
we said before, it's a story that really does need to be shared more. And these type of topics are often hidden and people feel ashamed. And for you to bring light to it is such, you know, a beautiful thing. And to also show the process, you know, like that was a part of your journey. And now you have your baby girl and it's like truly a blessing. Yes, such a blessing. Share your story. <laughs> so you can share your story, girl, and, and um, just help, you know? So um, tell our listeners where they can find you. Where can they follow you at? You can follow me on Instagram at the underscore Elysia Moore. That's E-L-Y-S-I-A-M-O-O-R-E. Um, you can find me on TikTok at, I want to say it's the more you know. Well, let me double check real quick. <laughs> That's okay. that. I don't know my stuff. <laughs> my handles. My TikTok is uh, at the more you know five two five. Um, yeah, and those that's where you can find me. I try to post content regularly. I'm also somebody's stepmama, so I do you know sometimes touch on step stepmotherhood because that's a whole nother hood. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So you know, the, uh, if you want to follow me, go ahead and follow me. Yeah. Thank you so much. So much. So can't thank you enough. Um, yes, so thank you. Guys, you. Uh, make sure you guys share um, this podcast with your friends, your family. Let's bring awareness, um, not only this month, but throughout the year, because there's so many women who are experiencing this and we don't want them to suffer alone. We want them to feel like they're supported and um, to just encourage and also it, um, bring an awareness and knowledge because sometimes people just don't know what to do like we talked about right before. so make sure you guys are sharing this podcast um follow us at somebody's mama on instagram somebody's mama pod on instagram somebody's mama podcast on apple podcast and spotify thank you guys so much for listening and make sure you guys come back next week Bye-bye. yes bye-bye, bye-bye.